Yeah. God bless you. Put your hands together to Jesus once again. Amen. Lift up your hands. Let's thank the Lord. Let's morning. Let's thank Him. Lift up your voice and thank Him for answer to prayer. Yes, we have come to ask Him. He's a prayer answering God. Lift up your voice and thank Him. Yes, lift up your voice and thank Him this morning. Give Him all the praise. Give Him all the glory. 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 Lift up your voice and thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. Yes, lift up your voice and thank Him right now. Lift up your voice and thank Him. Just thank Him. Are you thanking the Lord? Open your mouth and thank Him. Thank Him for answer to prayer. Yes, thank Him for answer to prayer. Thank Him for answer to prayer. Yes, thank the Lord. Thank Him for answer to prayer. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we celebrate your goodness and we celebrate your mercies. We celebrate you, Lord. We celebrate you, Lord. Open your mouth and thank Him. Verses and um, the merge with it. How many people do you have? All right, all of you chosen vessels and um, family. Please stand on your feet. Let me see. How many are there? One is up there. Somebody counted them. How many? Some say 10, some say 12, some say 11. It's 11. Okay. All right, sit down. So, um, after the service, you have to give me the reason why the others are not here. Uh, and all the leaders, we will, I will do this before we close. Everybody would have to give a reason why the rest of your people are not here. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. Let's sing, let's sing that song.
Bible, then we can all sing it. together. Ready, go. some few things and then we will use the rest of the time to, to pray um, I wanted to please pay a very good attention to some of the things we will be discussing this morning hallelujah um, so we will be mainly I'll be mainly dwelling on portions of this book um, from small to medium to mega. How many of you have read this book? Let me see your hand. All right. Let me see. Let me see the hand. Yeah, because I said that every leader was supposed to read it. All right. And then some few things from here, and then some t- few things from <laughs> elsewhere. But just pay attention. Um, it will be a blessing to us. But you see. I, I have come to realize that nothing blesses faster and quickly like addicted kingdom service. Amen? Okay. So nothing blesses as fast as addicted kingdom service. It is the easiest the most scripturally guaranteed way. I said it is the most scriptural. 
only guaranteed way have your needs met in this life kingdom service when you set yourself apart for the use of God and for the work of God it is the most scripturally or biblically guaranteed and sure means that your needs can be met and so to be a church worker can never be considered as one who is an ordinary Christian. Once you enroll into God's service, you have moved from the realm of being ordinary Christians into a different realm of being one that is a co-laborer with Christ in his vineyard. Please, are you understanding what I'm saying? So, you become one that is now a co-laborer, a co-worker with Christ in his vineyard. So, whatever you do in the house of God, the day you decided that you will not warm pews anymore, when I say you will not warm pews, you will not warm chairs. Warm chairs simply means that you come to church, you sit down, you receive, and then you go home, and then you are blessed. But, it is a different level when you decide that I am now going to become a co-laborer with Christ in his vineyard. It is the most biblically guaranteed way to have your needs met. Nobody that ever commits to kingdom service will end up as a non-entity in life. It is not possible. You can never give yourself to the service of God and you would end up as a non-entity in the kingdom. It will never happen. If it happened, then it means that there was something, there was a problem with the service you rendered to God. Is somebody understanding what I'm saying? But when you serve God according to his way, the devil is a liar. You will never end up ordinary. I pray that will be your testimony in the name of Jesus Christ that none of us here will ever end up ordinary in Jesus name yeah because you can't serve you can't serve Perez Chapel as a staff as a full time staff and the end of the month you will not be paid you can't serve MTN at the end of the month and MTN will tell you they won't pay you you can't serve ministry of education huh? or ministry of health end of the month they will say they can't pay you. Even them, sometimes they can only delay your salary. But whatever the case is, they will definitely pay you. How much more God? You served in his house and you say that God didn't reward me. It is an insult to the Bible. Is somebody understanding what I'm saying? If you serve him well, there is a reward for you. This morning, I want you to be assured and confident in the fact that there is a reward for everybody that is committed to kingdom service and some of you you will see it manifest in your children yeah some of you you will see it manifest in your grandchildren peter said the other day master we have left everything to follow you what are we going to get we have left everything we have left everything like this morning this morning some people have left everything left everything to come 
What for? He asked, what do we get in return for all these things we are doing? And Jesus said, nobody. Let me hear somebody say nobody. nobody. He said, nobody have left father, mother, houses, uncles, money, business, whatever it is. <laughs> and will go unrewarded. He says, in this life, somebody say, in this life, you shall receive a hundredfold and in the world to come eternal life. So, your reward is guaranteed. I said, your salary is guaranteed. It is guaranteed. It is guaranteed. I don't know how it will manifest and I don't know when, but if Bible is true, then it is guaranteed. May you receive a manifestation in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Kingdom service must be an affectionate one. Serving God must be an affectionate one. I told you that if you don't see the reward, then probably something may have gone wrong with the way you did your service. But if it must be rewarded, then it must be an affectionate one. It must be a heartfelt one. One that comes from deep within the heart. If your kingdom service will be rewarded, then it must be a very affectionate service. Colossians says, not as men pleases, but as servants of God. Not as men pleases. Not as men pleases. Not as men pleases. Not as a showboy. Huh? Not as a showgirl. But as servants of God. Doing the will of the master from the heart. It must be affectionate. Amen. Once it is affectionate. Listen. According to Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. I have said this over and over again. I am not a volunteer in the house of God. You can decide that you want to be a volunteer. What is the meaning of volunteerism? And when we say somebody is a volunteer, Reverend Pani, yes, a volunteer works without expecting anything. They work for free. So when you say you are a volunteer in the house of God, what it means is that you, you work, you don't expect any pay. In fact, volunteers, when they even give their money, they don't take it. Huh? Yeah, it's only in Ghana that It's only in Ghana that NGOs who says that they are volunteering, huh? yeah, they end up even getting more money than people who charged for their, for their labor. <laughs> but I am not a volunteer. I don't know how many of you want to be volunteers, but you see, God is not begging for volunteers. He is a master. Every human being you see around is at his beck and call. He opened the door and threw an open invitation to call for people to come and work for him. You responded. And if you responded and you do it according to his will, Matthew 6.33 says, 
then seek you first the kingdom of God and what? Talk to me. Let, let's, let's recite it together. Matthew 6.33. Ready? Go. Mm-hmm. Can, we, can, we say, can we read it once again? Let's read it louder. Ready? Go. Yeah. Yeah. There's no volunteering I saw there. <laughs> God is a rewarder. I said he's a rewarder. The Bible says he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. Hmm? And in every work, there are rules of engagement. So in kingdom work, there are rules of engagement. So gone are the days where people say, that, after all, we just came to volunteer. You can't tell us what to do. No, no, we can tell you what to do. <laughs> because in every work, there are rules of engagement. Is that correct? Oh, come on, talk to me. Is that correct? Yeah. There are rules of engagement. In fact, even, I remember, was it two or three years ago, just before the COVID, I went to UK to organize a program for the presiding bishop. Then the team I was working with said that over here, um, yes, we have come as volunteers, but you will need to show us what the requirements are and you need to show us what the do's and the don'ts are. That was my first time of hearing that. They believe that even though they are volunteers, you must give them a proper you know, um, accountable system so that they know what is required of them. And they, they said, it will help us to know whether we can do it or not. <laughs> and then they said, so for example, you must let us know what time will be, will be needed. It will help us to ask for off, take off duty and come. You must let us know what times will be closing. You must let us know if we will be spending any money, if we will be required to make any contribution, financial contributions. So, they told me, you have to put it on paper for us. And I said, wow, I understand that. So, for every work, there are, there are rules of engagement. Any place you go to where there are no rules of engagement, it is a chaotic system. In fact, even in the kingdom of the devil, there are rules of engagement. Do you understand that? Oh, come on, talk to me. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, in the church, because without rules of engagement, it will be like a house divided against itself. In the book of Judges, the Bible says, and when the, the after, you know, one particular judge, because there were no judges or nobody to lead them, everybody did that which was right in their own sight. So, there are rules of engagement. So, in the kingdom of God, even in the house of God, just coming for service, there are rules of engagement. That is why people don't come and stand on the stage with anything at all they want to wear. I remember a few months ago, I told the resident pastor, nobody stands on the stage with slippers. It is our rules of engagement. Can I hear somebody say amen? Uh, are you still here? Can I hear somebody say amen? Are you receiving something? Are you, are you learning something? Yeah. So there are rules of engagement. That is why we do our service within a certain time. And you can't come later and say that you are coming to have your service. It is not a mosque. Are you understand what I'm saying? Where you just walk in and then you begin to 
you know, then when you finish, you go, no, no. We do, we have time for service. There are rules of engagement. Can I hear somebody say, a better amen? amen? All right. Now, kingdom service must be affectionate. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2. Colossians chapter 2 verse 3. Chapter 3 verse 2. Give me, give me on the screen. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 says, Set your affection on things above and not things on the earth. Now, this scripture is a very, very interesting one. Those who set their affection on things on earth never get the things on the earth and they also lose things above. Those whose affection is on things of the earth, they will not get it and they will also lose the things from above. But when you set your affection on things above, it will definitely affect your earthly life. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. If you are clapping your hands, please do it well. So, we live in a very, very strategic time on God's calendar. I say we do what? On God's calendar. Somebody say on God's calendar. Say it's a strategic time on God's calendar. Say it again. Say it's a strategic time on God's calendar. Can I hear everybody say it well? Say it is a strategic time on God's calendar. Listen, we are living in days where we are going to see the move of God in a very strange way. We are going to see people that were nobody, that nobody ever thought that any good thing could come out of them. We are going to see how God will transform people's lives and it will be like a shock and a miracle. We are just, we are just in those days. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? But there are rules of engagement. You must serve God affectionately. Affectionately. I said you must serve God affectionately. You must serve God passionately. You must serve God with all of your strength, with all of your might, and with everything you have. You must do it. You must do it. Hallelujah. You must be interested in that which concerns God. And God will show interest in that which concerns your life. Sometimes when you see some people and the way they carry themselves and the way they approach the things of God, you can easily tell that this person is going to mark a lot of time in the things of God. It's going to mark time. Because if people... Listen... We cannot be serving God as if we don't want to serve him. Amen? I mean, we have gone past the stage where we are serving like we don't want to serve. If you are serving, then serve him. In the book of Ezekiel, he talks about the the prophetic river he saw. He said he stepped in and it was on his ankle then you know, the water came to his knee level, then the water came to the waist level, then the water came to the neck level. We have to go past the ankle level. You, have, you must be willing and must be ready to go past your knee level. The waters must get to your neck level. You must get to the swimming level. 
can't be serving God and we come as if, oh, you know, this thing, we are, you know, we, we are volunteers. You, you are the people who are, no, 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 no. This is my father's business. This is your father's business. There is no child that is so attentive, interested in his father's business and his father would disown him. Is it true? There is no child. Any father who does that is a mentally deranged father. That your child is committed to you. Your child serves you. Your child does what pleases you. Your child is interested in everything that concerns you. And you say, I've disowned you. What kind of a father is that? If an earthly father like me and you will not do that, <laughs> can you imagine when you commit yourself to God's service? Can you imagine what he will do for you? Can you imagine what doors he will open for you? May you have strange encounters with him in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There is something about David. First Chronicles chapter 29 verse 3. Give me First Chronicles 29 verse 3 quickly. First Chronicles 29 verse 3. David said, Moreover, I have set my affection to the house of my God. Let's read that first line. That, that first statement again together. Ready, go. Now, David said that because I have set my affection, and this, he was talking about building a temple, which God had told him that, Massa, your hands are full of blood, so you can't build. He said, I can't build. Doesn't mean I can't prepare for it. I can't lay the blocks. Doesn't mean that I can't buy the blocks for somebody to come and lay. <laughs> He said, moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God. Where is your affection? Let me say this, and I hope everybody understands me very well. Please understand me very well. Don't, don't take what I'm going to say out of context. Sometimes if you don't take care, listen to this carefully, including all of us pastors. The longer you stay in church, the easier you become very unspiritual. Sometimes, if you are not careful, the longer you stay in church, some of the most unspiritual pe people I've ever met are pastors or people who have been a Christian for very long. Because after some time, they have experienced everything some when you open first chronicles they know what you are going to say when you quote matthew 6 33 they say, oh, yeah we know yeah. when you quote matthew 7 7 they say oh yeah he's going to talk about prayer <laughs> huh? so most of the times you must consciously you must deliberately, you must intentionally. That was our shadow. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
What, what I'm saying, do I have a witness in the house? It is possible to be a Christian and after 50 years of being a Christian, you don't pray again. It is possible. Because, and you can easily recount the days where you used to pray seven hours every day. As if those prayers were spread over the years you will live on earth. (laughs) You can easily get to the point where now when you are giving offering, you don't feel like giving God a good offering. I mean, you can get to a point where now you come and you don't feel anything. So you throw some five CDs into the bowl and you feel like, look, well, what fair these ones have now come new. They should also do some. I mean, who taught you that? <laughs> I asked somebody, where did you learn that from? Oh, I said, ask the person for me, where did you learn that from? So watch it. No, let, 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 me, let, let me bring it home for you. Watch it. Most of the times, when you even come to evening services, most of the very old Christians don't come. As I've said it, Reverend Pani, from today, mark the register and see. Check the proportion of people who come. Because at a certain point, you feel like everything they are going to say, you've heard it before. And that is the beginning of the fall. That is the beginning of your end. You know the end has a beginning. (laughs) But you must intentionally set your affection on God. That is why you see some of the things we do, it is good you always do them by certain rules. It is better to operate with rules than to just be a freelancer in the air. If it is your personal principle that every program of the church I must be present, no matter how old you are in the church, even if you are 20 years, you will never miss it. I was shocked recently when a lady told me, he said, Bishop, you have done very well. Then I asked her, I said, what is the problem? Why? I thought she was going to say something very exciting. She said, do you know that if not that you invited me, since I became, he said I was a child when the church was now she's about 37 years, some, 30 something years old. She said, I've never come for evening service before. Never in my whole life. Never. Not once. <laughs> and she was telling me that, so why are they with my mama by evening service? <laughs> Can you imagine this? Congratulations. <laughs> so, for example, things like offering, I give myself a rule. Because if you don't take her, you can easily backslide. Have you noticed that sometimes I know you won't I know, I know you, won't, you won't you won't show that you agree with me, but in your heart I know you agree with me. <laughs> but have you noticed that sometimes nothing touches your heart? I mean, not you, but somebody else you know. Ask somebody, are you the person? <laughs> uh, William, you are in the message. Eh? <laughs> you will go to heaven. You are a very honest person. <laughs> but not now. Don't go now. Uh. But sometimes you realize that not, things don't touch your heart. It is very hard for 
your heart will be touched. Yeah, because it's like wasro. Eh? Um, how do you say it in English? Wasro. Um, no, not full of yourself. Eh? Obano. No, no, not that is not the word. And you know It's like you see, let me show you. It's like you see a child. You beat the child at a certain point. Who? Football area track. After a day, you have a So, it will be another stroke. I mean, spiritually, too, you can stroke. Yeah, spiritually, too, you can stroke. We say, receive it in the name of Jesus. They're not standing there. You are watching. I mean, what is going on here? This thing we see now. Yeah. It is the beginning of your end. If not in the middle already of the end. But thank God, once you are here, dear, you are not at the end of the end. There is still hope for you to turn around. Can I hear somebody say amen? Yeah. Sometimes you preach and you know, people's, people are touched. They can see somebody sitting down and he's watching you. It's like, yeah. 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 I think you are making a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think you are making sense. Oh, but more than one, Oh, preach your fine. Wow. Somebody say, I will be intentional. 
intentional. Say, I will be deliberate. Intentional. It is intentional. I have set my affection. People don't give because they have too much money. It is an intention they make. And those who don't give, they don't give because they don't have money. They are intentional about it. (laughs) Yeah. In fact, presiding bishop said something the other day and I realized it's true. He said, some of the worst givers in church are rich people. Yeah. Yeah. And most of them are rich people who have been in the church for a long time. Yeah, because, you know, oh, we help to buy Jawulu property. <laughs> we help to buy land. So, oh, give so and so. What for you? I mean, how, I mean, how? How can you be like that? Ask somebody, how? Eh? Sweetie, how can you be like that? Eh? My wife. <laughs> but have you learned something from what I've shared with you? Is it going to help you? Yeah. So when you come late, it is not because we're busy. It was deliberate. I mean, it was deliberate. It was deliberate. Yeah, I mean, it's deliberate. Look, very few times are people late and it is because something really tied them up. Most of the times it's deliberate. It is deliberate. What I'm saying, is it true or correct? Huh? Is it true or correct? Yeah. It's true. Because from morning, I know I have an appointment. I choose which appointment must come first. I know I must be there by six o'clock. I hardly get late to appoint to meetings. I, I, it, it rarely happens. Of, of course, you can't be following Bishop Ajinasari and be going to meetings late. It would be a very, very strange one. You know, I was in vote. I was in Ho. I knew I must get here before seven. We got here at three minutes to seven. Three minutes to seven. We left home at. I woke up. I told my team, everybody wake up at 3 a.m. So set alarm. 3 a.m. Everybody woke up. They, in fact, they made me late. I was getting angry. We were supposed to leave the hotel at exactly 3 a.m. Guess what time we left there? 3.47. I, no, no, it's 3.37. So we're seven minutes late and I was angry. Because I had already gone use the Google map to check from Ho to Accra, Mataiko, how many hours will it take us? So I calculated and knew that we could be here at least 15 minutes before the time. But at least 3 minutes to <laughs> 7. But I wasn't very happy. Are, are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you, you come for meetings later, you are, you, it's intentional. Don't, don't say that if you're busy. What are you talking about? Oh. <laughs> Let me give you this last scripture and then I'll, I'll veer into something quickly. And, and this one will check your heart. This scripture will check your heart. Second Chronicles 25 verse 2. Second Chronicles 25 verse 2. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Yeah, today I've, I've not seen anybody sleeping. If you sleep, I'll call your name. <laughs> Second Chronicles 25 verse 2. Now this scripture talks about a very young king called Amazar. Uh, he became king at the age of 25 years old. But look at it. This is a contradiction of himself. The Bible says, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. But, <laughs> have you seen it? But what? Ah, how is that possible? What he did was correct. It was right before God. But not with a perfect heart. So you, you could be doing me and you, we could be doing something which is right. But make sure your heart is also perfect. Acosta, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Huh? Jessica. So call them. You will give an account of, you will give an account. Today is your judgment day. You. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but his heart was not perfect. So, in as much as I'm talking about being intentional and all of those things, don't just follow actions and leave your heart out. Do you understand what I'm saying? Reverend Jokoto, good to see you. Yeah. Make sure your heart is inside it. Your heart must be inside it. From today, may your little effort receive a reward. Because your heart is right. Mm? Yeah. So when I come and I take I don't know why I'm using offering as examples, but it's good. When I come and I take one CD and I give as an offering, there is a reward for me because my heart is right. And God knows that this one CD I've given, wow, it is like the woman in the Bible who gave her might. Yeah. Jesus stood at the offering, looked, looked, looked. The woman dropped. Listen, people would have said, move away, let's give good money to the church. I'm sure if the pastor was even me, I'm sure I would have said, hey, Charlie, they should bring good money. Yeah. But Jesus looked and said, no, 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 this one, the heart is correct. Listen, when the heart is correct, the church will never be in need. Yeah. Because people do things according to the perfection of their hearts. Amen. And so, listen, we are in a season, by the grace of God, we've done six months. For the next six months, a demand is going to be placed on you. Are you ready for it? Okay. Only three people responded. So, the rest of you, can you go home? Let me stay with the three people. <laughs> but, are, are you ready for the demand that God will place on you? Are you sure? Yeah. So, why, why are you not saying anything? 
Okay, the number has increased to 25. A demand is going to be placed on you. Are you ready for the demand? Because I've shown you. Listen, this is the most biblically guaranteed way to have my needs met. There's a song I hear they used to sing in the opening days. I have never been disappointed one day. Have you heard before? I have never been disappointed one day since I joined the army of the Lord. I have never been disappointed one day. You've never heard it before? Okay, then all of you are new Christians. That is why you are very, very good people. <laughs> amen? But you will not be disappointed. Somebody say a very big amen. Oh, I said you will not be disappointed. Hallelujah. All right. We are going to embark on church growth. On Tuesday, I had a very wonderful encounter. I'll tell you about it later on. Maybe one day. When I feel I should tell you, I'll tell you. And then Friday, yesterday, I, you know, surprisingly, I met some few friends in Ho. Um, I got and realized that Prophet Samuel Addison was there. And then Reverend David Entry, the man who came to preach here the other day, Action Chapel, is, they are having their pastor's conference and their bishop's convention in Ho. And he was their main speaker. Reverend David Entry was their main speaker. So, you know, we connected and we met and we talked. When we came back, usually when I, when I travel to preach, I don't step out of my, <laughs> my abode. When I, when I come out of my room, it means I'm going to church. So, I'm, I'm always inside. I don't own TV. I don't, it's not vacation. It is work. So, for me to even step out of my door, not the, not the hotel, the door, my room, to step, any door I open, maybe it's going to the bathroom. If it's not going to the bathroom, then I'm inside the main room. You know, but that day, I had to step out to meet them. So, when we, we talked about something, when we came back and I lie down, I had an encounter. And I just said to myself, look, and the month of two witnesses, a matter is established. Tuesday evening, when I got to Ho, a certain gentleman, I think he's a pastor from Nigeria, I don't really know him, he sent me a message on Facebook that he's been following me, and that God says he should tell me something. I said, what is it? And when he sent me the message, I knew that it was from God. Because I had an encounter that Tuesday morning at the breakthrough service. And immediately after that, the message he sent me, it was my encounter. It wasn't something anybody told me or something. So I am the only one who knows what I was, <laughs> you know, going through. Not even my wife. So for him to send me that message, it was a confirmation of what God was about to do. Amen. And it just confirmed and assured the fact that all of us in this church if we can spend some time for the sake of his kingdom we will see a massive transformation that we have never imagined could happen in the history of this church yeah and it is just about to happen I don't like your amen. I said it is just about to happen. And let me repeat myself again. When you commit to that which concerns God, God will be committed to your own. 
So this is the best opportunity to have every need met. This is the best opportunity for every need in this house to be met in the name of Jesus Christ. One of the things we are going to do is that we are going to embark on an aggressive church growth agenda. Somebody say amen. Somebody told me the other day that was an advice. The person meant well but his foundation was wrong. And I said, yeah, Sometimes we don't show it, so bread. Well, an advice for somebody who cares about you. Will you fight the person? The person means well. The person means well. So I thank the person. But I knew that that is not an advice to be taken. Yes. Thank you. Mate. And so in fact. I mean, God will help us to pull the brakes when we must pull the brakes. And we must push. Amen. There is a chapter in this book I want us to quickly analyze in a few minutes. Amen. Are you blessed? Are you sure you are blessed? Are you are you going to change some things? Are you going to do some things better? All right. In this book, chapter 7 talks about barriers by diseases. Now, it's talking about barriers in terms of barriers to church growth. Why some sicknesses that can attack a church so the church will not grow? Pastor James, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You understand it? So, there are diseases that can attack children and the children will not be able to grow. In the same way, there are diseases that can attack churches. Why must you as a church worker know it? You and I must know it because if only the pastor knows it and you don't know it, you will be building what the pastor is trying to destroy. Huh? You understand it? The disease that the pastor will be using antibiotics trying to destroy, you will be building it. <laughs> and then what the pastor may be trying to build, you will be destroying it. Not because you want to destroy God's work, but because you don't know. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. Is it understandable? Yeah. So we must all be on the same page. There are actions we must all take together. There are things we must all take a stand that we won't do them. There are things we must all take a stand that we are going to begin to do them. Then we are on course. Can I hear somebody say amen? Alright. So I'm going to go straight into some of the diseases. Number one disease, some of the diseases, as I talk about them, I will not speak on them because you will notice that it doesn't apply to us. Some too may apply to us. Number one is what we call people blindness. One of the reasons why, one of the diseases that affect churches and make sure they don't grow is when the church has a disease called people blindness. That is people are blind or is too occupied in its own house activities and does not pay attention to the needs around it. Church growth experts say that within two years of your arrival in town, 
all the children in your area should know the name of your church is it ringing a bell to somebody talk to me this one we are doing an evaluation and a treatment at the same time diagnosis and treatment huh so in two years if your church will grow it is said by church growth experts that children within the area of your locality children because then it means that the elders would have heard it already should know that your church exists within the community i believe strongly that as we stand now we don't have that problem is it true yeah i was telling somebody there is no house in this area that we have not visited there is no house if there is any house they are yet to build it but the houses around our community we have visited every house and we have not finished with them <laughs> amen number two a dying church in a dying town is another disease so there are places that are becoming ghost towns a church to grow in such communities becomes very difficult an example is when they stopped the galamse some years ago um, I think you know when um, Nanado came as president the first time they fought Galamse then when he was getting close to election he stopped fighting Galamse then now that he has finished the election he's fighting Galamse again listen don't don't give your heart to politicians give your heart to God can I hear you say amen yeah I'm not talking about your party I'm just saying that don't give your heart to any politician they don't speak the truth alright yes but during that time for example our church in Obuasi suffered a lot the reason why the church suffered is because most of the people who were doing Galamse in Obuasi moved to Kumasi and Accra so a lot of them a lot of our churches around their members had migrated so that is a dying a church in a dying town I hope you understand what I'm saying we don't have that problem so it means that we should be able to grow Mataiko is heavily populated surrounded with Russia um, Sukura Dansoman eh, Abosokai and all of that so we are heavily surrounded so we don't have this problem so we don't have this cannot be a reason why we shouldn't grow is that okay alright number three kinonitis I will explain it this is a sickness or this is a sickness in which a small congregation feels they own the church some group of people feel they own the church power brokers somebody say power kinonitis somebody say kinonitis we will, we will uproot every kinonitis and we will decanonitis them <laughs> huh? but usually everybody knows everybody in such churches so you know and some people like small churches because oh, we are like one small family everybody knows somebody when we close we are, we are know. so when a new person comes it's like you have interrupted our our click and we have quite a bit of that challenge in this church watch it from today when we close church let me ask you when we close church who do you talk to ask somebody who have you been talking to 
most of the times when we close church the same people you talk to every day they are the same people you talk to is it true so they won't know you are the one so is it true (laughs) so watch it after service you are likely to see that um, brother William will be in the corner there with um, Joe Morton um, and who else give me your group give me your group hurry up Susan Priscilla Da Costa you see Ah, Elder Bofita. <laughs> you are the icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah, you see them in their group there. Then they'll be and sometimes you can be there for hours. Is that true? That's your department, yeah. That's the kind of nitis. Yeah. So your department has become the problem. I break kinonitis in the name of Jesus. You cannot close church and then you are just within your clique. All the people you've talked to, the same people. Next week, the same people. The following week, the same people. The following week, the same people. When you do that, new people will be left out. So if everybody was having that meeting, uh, who talks to the other people who are not in other groups? Have you asked yourself? So from today, when we close church, you cannot immediately go into your department. To have a meeting. I'm not saying every meeting must hold. That is why you can't come to church and me pentem, me pentem. When we close from church, spend some time in church. Have you forgotten when you used to drink a peteshi? When you go to the drinking bar, have you ever gone to the drinking bar and you were in a hurry before? Oh, don't don't pretend I don't know. When I look at your face, I think I I can see. <laughs> You're laughing. Have you gone to a drinking bar? Have you gone to a drinking bar and you've seen people in a hurry before? No, 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 no. They stay. If everybody goes to the drinking bar and they come back early, there will not be any drunkard. Nobody will be a drunkard. Yeah, because what was it? Two thoughts and three thoughts. One now come. They sit down. Then one thought. Two. Then guineas. Then beer. Yeah. Huh? Yes. And then others will be joining. Then they are drinking. Then they are drinking. Yes. Then when you sit down, when they sit down, like two hours, I said, Tio me nisuka kra. I said, Mami, wame alomo tretot. But you come to church and you want to make the church like a market or a supermarket. Have you seen people go to a supermarket and they are sitting down chatting before? Oh, talk to me. Have you seen it before? But the church is not a supermarket. When you go to a supermarket, oh, um, thin tomatoes, um, salsa, eh? Or gino. Okay. Then you take it and you are gone. When you come to church, oh, shall we share the grace? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Then you pick your bag, you are going home. You are treating the church like a supermarket. And then the other people who are also staying around, you know what they do? They are in their group. They are sitting down, talking hours. Oh, yeah, we are doing the work of God. I know you are doing the work of God. But if we want this church to grow after the service, when we share the benediction, huh, don't be in a hurry to go for a meeting. At least give yourself a grace period of 15 to 20 minutes. 
before you go into any meeting, talk to people, talk. Somebody say, talk. Yeah. So what are we talking about? Nothing. <laughs> Just talk. Yeah. Sometimes I should be able to go to elder. Oh, how are you? Huh? I've spoken to almost quite a number of you before. Because sometimes, and sometimes there is nothing really I'm talking about. The other time I met them having a conversation here, then I went to stand by them, and then they were talking about something. That was the day we were talking about that. Yeah, the teacher something, something. And then I went to stand by them, had a conversation some, and then they left. Sometimes I meet some of you, they just, hey, how are you? Then we talk small. Sometimes, some of the guys, I don't really have anything to talk about. I know they like football, and I also like football. So, we talk about football. Okay. Ah. Look, you'll be dismissed from the church. Oh. Why must you say Chelsea? Yeah. Don't mind them. But do you understand what I'm trying to say? So I just want to talk about something. Talk about something. There are people in this church you have never spoken to them before. Huh? You have never spoken to them before. Never. Never. And you just see them. You don't even greet them. So imagine somebody came to this church. How would the person be committed in this church? Because everybody is busy. Everybody is busy. Everybody is going for a meeting. Everybody is going for a meeting. Then you look at them like, like okay. Then the person picks his back and goes home. Comes the following week, the same thing. Comes the following week, one month, the same thing. Two months, same thing. Because uh, Since I came to this church, William and your group, you are all in that corner. I mean, you are doing a good job. But after the service, mm, break out. Come out. You are a fine guy. Elder. Boom guy, Jibo. Yes, ma. Huh? I hear. We will give you five minutes. If I will give you more than five minutes. Amen? Yeah. So, but talk to people. But even that one, we will still be standing outside because we don't stay in immediately. Is that correct? Yeah. So, we don't stay in immediately. So, mostly, we all step outside for some time before we come inside. When we step outside, do you know what we do? We talk to the same people we know already. So, it's not like you didn't talk. You spoke, but you spoke to the same people you knew. You are likely... Hey, Marie from You people. You know where they stand? They go behind here. That's where they measure the addresses. Would you say I mean uniform? No more uniform. All right. So that one we have a problem. Is that correct? Say to somebody from today, after service, speak to people you've not spoken to. Talk to them. Ask their names. Ask what they do. Take their numbers. Do you understand it? Within the week, oh, just say, well, I was just calling to see how you are doing. I hope I'll see you in the evening. Teaching service, I hope I'll see you. Then a relationship is being built. So when people come here, they have friends in the church. There are some of you who are in this church because you are friends here. True of us. Talk to me. True of us. The next one is social strangulation. 
this is, a, this is caused by a church building that is too small. When the church, and listen to this one, when the church hall is 80% full, one, can ex, one cannot expect growth. This is, this is studies from um, experts that mostly when your church building is 80% full, in fact, you start losing your members. Because at 80% capacity, it is almost like, um, at 80% capacity, it's almost like, when you look at it, it looks full. Is that okay? Yeah. And so nowadays, because of even social distance, it's better because it's still spacious and all of that. But that is why usually multiple services are needed. Amen? I'm looking forward to the day where we fill this hall first service to capacity. Are you against the work of God? So say amen. Amen. Ah, why? Second service, we fill the place with capacity and we have tents outside and people are sitting under tents. We will get there very soon. Look, if every one of us here if every one of us here decides to play their role, we are almost there. Somebody say amen. Yeah. I've heard people say, oh, when a church is not growing, it's the fault of the pastor. No, it's not true. No pastor on his own can grow a church. It is a teamwork. How many people can I talk to on Sunday? How many people can Reverend Pani talk to? The pastors, how many people can we talk to? If within the week, how many people can I call? Hey, that reminds me, I've not made my calls this week. Uh, you know, how many people can I call within the week? But assuming I call three people, Elder Karo called three people, um, um, Elder called three people, Pastor Yameba called three people. Can you imagine how many people by the end of the week would have called ourselves throughout? Somebody's calling me. We are, it's like we are becoming a family, and people who are joining us feel like, wow, this is a wonderful place. Because I came to church one Sunday, this person spoke to me, this person spoke to me, this person spoke to me, then I went home, then somebody called to check on me on Monday, on Tuesday another person called, on Wednesday somebody else called, on Thursday they are all saying, oh they are happy they saw me, and oh they are happy, you know, they want to see me again, so already about five people in one week have told me they want to see me again. Even if your heart is hard, it will be soft. You know, is it not true? Are you when you come the only phone numbers you have are the people in your group. And even that one, cry, when somebody in your group does not come to church, you won't even find out from them why were you not in church. It's a problem. So when you say that, oh, is the pastor, is the pastor. If the issue cannot be the pastor. The pastor's work includes what I'm doing to teach us. So when we all know, the next thing is that somebody must take responsibility. May you take responsibility in Jesus' name. All right, theophobia. So, theophobia is basically when, um, okay, so he gives an example. The story of uh, a story of a team of people seated around a table and a man in a collar, clerical collar, stood and said, From now, we are going to have a theocracy. I am the theo. <laughs> Here, the pastor, instead of generating faith to develop leadership, Put fear in his people so they could not do much. All right, that is when pastors put the fear of 
the fear of the color inside you. It's like everything must be generated from the pastor. You know, I'm the two, and you are the crassy. I mean, it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> are you getting what I'm trying to say? Well, I don't think we have that problem. You think we have that problem here? All right. And then, Pumania. So here, the clergy is held in high esteem that the members find themselves glued to their seats. They don't do anything. They feel unworthy. They feel that it must be the pastor. It must be the leaders alone. They are not worthy. You don't need a title to function in this church. Mm-mm, you didn't say amen. I said you don't need a title to function in this church. Being a church worker is enough. Look, carry the church like it is your father's property. And God will bless you. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. And then the next one is arrested spiritual development. Hmm? That is, if the church does not engage in activities that lead to spirituality, it cannot expect growth. Do we have that problem here? Oh, talk to me. We have that problem here? Alright. So things like prayer meetings, revival meetings, special seminars, etc. boost spirituality. I don't think we have that problem. Right? Yeah. So we are doing everything to ensure that you grow spiritually. That is why you departmental leaders, I expect you to do more. When it is prayer meetings, teaching service, make, you see, you are responsible for the spiritual growth of your people in your department. Don't just sit down and look at them. Somebody doesn't come for teaching service and you are just watching. You don't ask the person any questions. You don't say anything. Don't prayer. The person doesn't even join to pray. And listen, when people don't pray, their hearts are hard. All the things I'm preaching, it will only work for people whose hearts are soft. And your heart becomes easily soft when you pray a lot. When you don't pray, your heart is hard. I'm telling you. You know what I'm talking about. And those of you who don't pray, but you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> the next one is what we call the St. John's Syndrome. St. John's Syndrome is when the church drops their first love or their zeal for God. Like Revelation chapter 2 verse 4. I have something against you that you have left your first love. That is a syndrome. syndrome. There is no zeal. There is no love for God again. It is gone. Everything now is mechanical. No. But let the love of God always be burning inside us. So church where there is no love for God and zeal for God, yet it will not grow. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And then there is another one called hypopumania. This is where God is absent in the church. Hmm? God is absent. Everything is carnal and flesh. If you want to keep God's presence, you must be praying. I listened to Bishop Depo say something. He said, no church. And he said, I emphasize, no church in this world would ever grow without prayer. If we want to grow, we must pray. That is why we are pushing everything possible. We are pushing prayer programs to make sure that we pray. Because you see, if you pray more, you yourself, you grow. The more we pray, the more the church grows. Can you imagine if we had 200 members in this church praying one hour every day? Do you know what that would happen? So in a day, we have 200 hours of prayer. (laughs) And let's say 30 minutes is used for praying for the church to grow. That is 100 hours of prayer. 
If it is 15 minutes we even use, that is 50 hours of prayer for church growth. No devil can stand against us. And then, let me go to the next one quickly before we start praying. Today I came to deal with some things. So, <laughs> are you blessed? Oh, talk to me. Are you blessed? You know, teaching is as important. Bible and knowledge is as important as prayer. Because when you feed spirituality to an ignorant man, he becomes a spiritually ignorant person. And spiritually ignorant people are one of the most dangerous people you can ever find. They are spiritual, they are anointed, but they are ignorant. They are very, very dangerous people. They are the people who were like Saul before he became Paul. He had zeal, but he was in the wrong direction. And he didn't have the knowledge of God. So he thought he was doing God a favor. In fact, one day I had a meeting with a certain one of our branches. The pastor and the church board came. And then one person in the church board told me that our pastor is like Jonah. Yeah. He said, our pastor is like, and the pastor was sitting there. Well, software, H on a Jonah. What about jelly about tell me? What jelly what for? And he was saying it confidently. So, one of the things God requires the priest to do is to feed his people with knowledge. He said, I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. So, if I always come and pray, 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 pray with you and we don't teach you, we are creating a danger that will soon explode. Because very soon, you may dream and see some angels and they will be telling you that when you go to church today go and tell bishop that he's not from God and then you come in I mean, are you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. that day I was watching them and they were, they, they were, they, they were, they were talking somebody said no, bishop our pastor is the problem in the church Now, nobody who knows the word of God would ever talk like that do you agree with me? spiritually ignorant people they do that and that guy guess what he was a youth leader and a prayer leader in the church so this one is your prayer leader <laughs> you are finished you are finished so why small churches remain small i will do only two pages from this one or two yes maybe let me show you this. Peter Wagner, one of the experts of church growth, says this. Great. The great the great majority of churches that are below 200 have treated the challenge of growth as passively as never running a four-minute mile. They or never been invited to the White House. Now, all he was saying is that churches that stay below a certain level for a long time, most likely they treat the issue of church growth with a very passive attitude. When we say passive, it's like 
you know, it's not a big deal. If we grow fine, if we don't grow fine. If you are here in that attitude, you must change it. It is not if we grow fine, if we don't grow fine. It is a must. By thunder, by fire, we must grow. Say amen. Yeah. By thunder, by fire, we must grow. It is a must. Somebody say, say it's a must. All right. So, Rick Warren, the writer of the Purpose Driven Church, he said, since the church is a living organism, it is natural for it to grow if it is healthy. So, if the church is healthy, it will grow. The church is a body, not a business. It is an organism, not an organization. If it is not growing, it is dying. So there is no middle line for church growth. There is nothing like, oh, we are in the middle. There is nothing like a middle line. You are either growing or dying. And then, Carl Dudley said, smallness is essentially the state of the mind. Being small is a state of the mind. So, if we all change our minds from being small and begin to think growth, we will grow. So, that is why the other day I told the departmental leaders, every department must grow your number. I've checked their records. As of now, most of you have not been able to grow your number. You know your problem. And some of them keep giving me excuses. And hey, Bishop, when you, when you call them, oh, child, I'm a oh, child, why would they come? I mean, why should they come? Why are you close? You are busy having meetings, talking about, I care, I care. You know, talking about issues. Why should somebody join you? But you see, very soon we're making changes even in our leadership. Because any leader who is not able to help his members grow spiritually, you must, we must change you small. Can I hear somebody say amen? Yeah. Or why you have a problem with what I said? Yeah. Any leader who can grow your, your department, we must change you small. And in Perez Chapel, changes happen. I was in the dome as the resident pastor. I was changed. And I'm not angry. So when we change you as the leader of the department, why should you be angry? I ask somebody, why do you want to be angry? Because Bishop is talking about change. Why? Ask the person, why? Why do you want to be angry? Huh? You can't be angry. Huh? Yeah. I was changed. I've been changed about six or seven times. Small man, I've been changed seven times. And I'm still around and I'm still smiling. So you do when we change, you smile. Huh? If you're a leader, keep smiling. Smile right now. Let me see. Let me see your smile right now. Yeah, smile behind the mask. Smile. Smile to meet the coming change. Say amen. Bishop Ohino was here, assistant, a whole assistant beside him, Bishop. He was changed. And he's still happy. So when we change you, if you are a leader of a choir, or you are a leader of something, ushers, or something, we change you. What, what's your problem? Huh? Is it, should there be a problem? There shouldn't be a problem. Nobody has a position that is a gift in this church. <laughs> huh? Nobody's position is a gift. Some few years ago, last year, thereabout, you were not a resident pastor. Somebody was a resident pastor. Then a change happened, and then you became the resident pastor. So tomorrow morning, 
you could be changed from being a resident pastor. It shouldn't be a problem. I wasn't here before. I came here January. So if tomorrow morning I'm changed, why should you get angry? Or why should I get angry that I've been changed? Are you understand what I'm saying? No, no, no. Make your face final. <laughs> no, 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 Chief Elder, yeah, she's, she's, hey, remember, the Chief Elder is Chief Elder. That one, you don't change it rough, rough. No, that, but that's the truth. In most churches, I'm not saying that you never change them, but so, most of the times, most of the churches, the chief elders stay. And they go on retirement. Do you know elders retire in Perezabo? Are you aware? Yeah. By 65, we retire our elders. 65, we retire our elders. It's in a handbook. You must know it. Pastors to go on retirement. 65, they go on retirement. Hmm? Yeah. So I'm counting my days. When I'll go on retirement. Is it? Yeah, you have to go on retirement. When you go on retirement, you can still decide to work, but on the records, you're on retirement. Yeah. That's why when Reverend Sammy was 65, he had to go on retirement. Even if you don't like, you go. Mm. Where, where, ah, in the civil service, when you are retired. Yes, yes, it's compulsory. Obaya. Omale, Obaya. I know, I know this drunkard. When I was a child, they call him Omale Obaya. Do you know why? He was in Choco. He gets drunk. And sometimes when he'll be walking, he'll be going back. He can't go forward. He say, Quack, Omale Obaya. <laughs> why are you not walking? Why are you not walking? He'll be standing there. He'll be staggering. He'll go back. Quack, Omale Obaya. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me let me end with this few. All right. So single cell intimacy, I've talked about it, is a barrier to growth. Another barrier to growth is resistance to change. Resisting change. Say, oh, this is how we used to do it. We must be, do it like that. Huh? No, that one too can hinder growth. Sometimes we must see where the wind is going. There are things we may start, and then when we start it, we realize at a certain point, now look, we have to make a change because the way we are envisaging the thing is not going the way we want it to go. So we must make a change. It is only a fool who doesn't change his mind. So he say, Have you heard that saying before? Yeah. So we are a church. We decide we want to do A, B, C, D. Then we started. Then we realize along the line. That it is not going the way we want it to go. What stops us from changing our mind? I mean, I change very easily. <laughs> Sometimes my wife will tell that, oh, you, we can't predict you. You, should be, you shouldn't be able to predict me. <laughs> All right. So resistance to change. And then, 10-year-old church in a rut. This one is talking about church. When the church gets to about 10 years, and has not grown past a certain level, it is very difficult to make it grow. Do you understand what I just said? Please, do you understand what I, what I just said? When a church stays and uh, for a certain number of years and doesn't grow and break certain barriers, it becomes almost impossible to make it grow. In fact, church growth experts sometimes say 
that it is more difficult to take over an old church than to start a new one. Because, hey, everything is set in place. And that is why here we must push like we have never pushed before. We must, it is a warfare. Somebody say warfare. Oh, let me hear your voice. Say warfare. Yeah, it is a warfare. We must, it is a fight we are fighting. Because we, we are more than 10 years. How many years are we? <laughs> yeah. Not in this location. The church itself is more than. No, not 34. <laughs> I know what you mean. But from circle and all of that. So it's an old church. If we are going to grow. Now, this one is in presiding bishop book himself. He himself wrote it. Uh, if he didn't write it, I wouldn't be able to say it. But he, he, he wrote it. So if we have stayed all this while. And we want to grow. We want to break the next barrier. Then everybody must get involved. We must fight. We, we must do things unconventionally. We must begin to do some. We must pray. If the normal person needs three hours prayer to grow the church, we will need about six hours to grow the church. If the normal person needs evangelism for one year to grow the church, we may need more than three years. Because the system is such that we must break it. Amen. Alright, no evangelistic zeal. When there is no evangelistic zeal in a church, that church won't grow. That fire is coming in this church. Yeah, that fire is coming in this church. And it's going to get more. Ineffective pastor. When the pastor is not effective, hmm, he himself is too... When the pastor is too comfortable with the level and the state of the church, the church can't grow. So, I am not comfortable... Mm? Yes. And it is my duty to make sure that none of the pastors are comfortable. Yeah. When I see that your behavior is like a very comfortable one, I ignore you. Either two things, either I ignore you or I fight you. Which one should I choose? Fight. Thank you. <laughs> huh? And you yourself too, you can't be comfortable. We can't be comfortable. We can't be comfortable. We can't be comfortable. Amen. Yeah. And then elderly congregation. Hmm. I said, well, all right. So, when the church have too many elderly congregation, when they are, when you have too many elderly people in the church, now it doesn't mean I don't have elderly people in the church, but when the elderly people, in fact, in the book it says people about fifty are too many in the church, the church will not grow. <laughs> He said, the 50, some people, is football age. Yeah. No, but that, that is a fact. This one I'm quoting from the book. When we have too many people in the church, can I ask a question? How many people here are about 50 years? Can I see your hand? Please, don't, don't use your football age. Give us your real age. You're about 50. Let me see your hand. Yeah. That is almost like 40% of our gathering here. So, we must pump and push for more young people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, well, now your voice didn't come again, the elderly ones. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that elderly people are not needed in the church. No. You need the elderly people. But you need more younger people. Because if you have too many elderly people, the church will not grow. Why? Because there are certain things that bring growth. Only young people can do them. Is it not true? Yeah. 
There are certain things. I mean, Reverend Pani looks very young, but Charlie and handsome. Yes, thank you. He said I should add that he's handsome too. I've added it. Yeah. But the truth is that Charlie, 50 is 50. Yeah, 50 is 50. At a certain point, no matter how young and handsome you look, it will betray your bones. <laughs> are you understand what I'm saying? There are some young people I asked that I'll be praying with here. Yesterday, did you do the prayer meeting? How many were you? Four. Okay. But I selected some young people. The reason why I selected young people is because for some of the elderly people, it will be too much. Because by the time I take you through all night, hmm? yeah. then the following day, I tell you, come for evangelism. But these young people, I can take them through all night. And then the following day, Saturday, I tell them, go and brush your teeth and come. Or when you are coming, bring brush. Then you brush your teeth. Then we are out there for evangelism. And I don't expect them to be doing... <sighs> if you do, if you do, I will give you cocoa drew. And then, the small church mentality. When we all begin to think that, oh, we are a small church. We are a small church. We are a small church. That is a problem. From today, what are we? Oh, from today, what are we? What are we becoming? We are becoming a mega church. I said, what are we becoming? Oh, I don't like your vim. I said, what are we becoming? We are becoming a mega church. We are becoming one of the largest churches in this community. Oh, 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 elder, Ameke Amen. I said, we are becoming one of the largest, largest churches in this community. When I went to Ho and, you know, with my friends, Pastor David James and Co., I saw Bishop Intefo was there, Bishop James, I, quite a number of them, and we were talking with Bishop Intefo. He said, ah, he said Ray, I've, I've heard that you are a matter, I hear a lot of things are moving. Then I said, oh, okay. Then I said, oh, no, 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 we are just trying small, small. He said, no, but one of my boys told me that you know, there's a lot of activity in the church. Then Addison, I didn't know he has before. Addison said, oh, I've been following your church. I see a lot of things. He said, oh, Joe Metin one, I wanted to come there. I said, oh, okay. Then I pretended, oh, it's not thin. We are telling, we are just trying. But I was just saying to myself, Nyele. I was just saying to myself, you wait a minute. Yeah, because we are about to hit oil. I said we are about to hit oil. Do you believe we are about to hit oil? We are about to hit oil. A time is coming. We will have to beg you to don't bring your cars into the compound. Yeah, a time is coming. We will beg you that don't bring your cars to the compound. Park on the street. Yeah? And this road, a time is coming. We will make sure that the assemblyman, if he doesn't prepare this road so that we can come this way, we will pray against him until he loses the election. Yeah, I was I was told I was told he wants to see me. You know, and I'll tell him that if you don't do this road, yeah. I think I should send a message to him even now. That if you don't do this road so that we can get access, next election. Omale. Omale. <laughs> Omale Obaya. Yeah. It is one of the reasons why we have to be many. When we are many and we become more in the church, we can 
we can one day before elections we can decide to go out they will say oh, we are from Perez chapel please vote against this mp <laughs> we heard <laughs> we heard that he also stole money so vote against him I don't hate politicians, so I don't hate them. I have a lot of politician friends, but they know my stance on a number of things. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right. So, if we, we are going to become a big church, we are going to hate oil, we need to do these things. Number one, raise more leaders. So, we need more leaders. But we can't raise leaders who are not available, we can't raise Sunday leaders. Leaders only come to church on Sunday. What kind of leader are you going to be? You, you, would, you would be a problem for the church. Because you can't be a leader and you, you come to church only on Sundays. Leader, when we call for dumb prayer meetings, you don't come for dumb prayer meetings. Leader, are you there? Dumb prayer. When they are calling you, then you put your phone on silent. <gasps> Then they are calling you, leader. Bishop Ray is calling you. He's calling your name. Oh, bishop Yeah, but we have to raise more leaders. Say amen. We have to encourage lay ministers. Some of you. You have to get yourself ready because you must move from where you are and come into ministry. Some of you, you know God has called you. Is it true? Huh? All of you who know that God has called you, raise your hand, let me see. If you don't raise your hand, you have denied God. Raise your hand, you believe God has called you. Think I'm joking. Yeah. Look at them. Yeah. Yeah. And you must make yourself available. But your availability must start now. Say amen. amen. Yeah. And then number three, the pastor must transition from mate to driver. From mate to driver. But you all know Trotro. Huh? How many of you have sat in Trotro before? Hey, now, nah, have you sat in a Trotro before? When? Are you be Darabi? You are not Darabi. Ashoko. Uh, so you be you be you know be that be Ephraim, you've sat in trouble before. Because uh, you're the younger generation, yeah, you uh, Jane, have you sat in trouble before? Uh, when <laughs> Jane, say it, say it. When did you sit in trotro? Huh? When you were younger. Wow. Alright, but when you sit in Trotro, there is a mate and there is a driver. Is that right? The driver is just focusing and driving. The mate is talking to everybody in the bus. When the church is small at a certain level, the pastor must be the mate. When the church is below a certain level, 200 people, the pastor must be the mate. He must interact with everybody. In fact, he must know everybody's name. But if the church would have to grow, the pastor must transition from being a mate to become the driver. That is when the pastor now focuses on driving the church and allows somebody, because when you are the mate, when the pastor is a mate, he has to go to every adoring. 
He has to be in every funeral. He has to do every engagement. He has to preach at every wedding and bless the wedding. Anybody that is sick in the church, the pastor must visit the person. Anyone who is doing a party, the pastor must attend. When your brother dies, the pastor must attend. That is a myth. So when the pastor does all this, the argument is that his time to even prepare, especially for his main service on Sunday, will be limited. So if the church is going to grow, there must be people, leaders in the church, who take over the role of the mate and allow the pastor to drive the church. Is it a good idea? Now, it doesn't mean that the pastor should not be hands-on. I do visitation, I do evangelism, I do all those things. But there are times, there are things that you must understand that we shouldn't allow, we shouldn't expect pastor to be doing all these things. I will never stop doing evangelism. It's out. That one is my core assignment. Any pastor who is called who doesn't do evangelism is only a professional teacher. There is nothing pastoral about preaching in church and not evangelizing. You have lost it. Are you understanding what I'm saying? However, you can't expect that as the church is growing, every adult in the pastor must be there. If the pastor doesn't come, he doesn't care. No, he cares. But you can't keep him as a mate forever. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. All right. And then teach people to behave like sheep. The pastor must teach people to behave like sheep. The church members, we must behave like sheep. What do I mean by we must behave like sheep? The sheep doesn't lead the shepherd. It is the shepherd that leads the sheep. So the Holy Ghost doesn't follow the pastor. It is the pastor that follows the Holy Ghost. The church members, the pastor doesn't follow the church members. Huh? Yeah. It is the members that follow the pastor. So, when the youth were organizing the Zao conference, they brought it for me to see. Bishop, this is what we have done. What do you think? Da, 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 da. I said, okay, cancel this one. Cancel this one. No, the reason is because as a pastor of the church, I must have a vision of where the church is going. So it's not everybody. So you may think that oh, this person is good. We must invite this person. It's not everybody the pastor thinks that may must be. There are some people who can be invited, but they cannot be invited today. At this stage of our growth, anybody I invite here, the person is going to play, play a very critical role. We've not gotten to the stage where we just invite for the sake of invitation. That oh, we have heard that this guy is very good, so he can. Oh, oh yeah, we have heard you are very good. Please come, you share something. What should I share? Oh, share anything. Very few people I will allow to come and preach here without me telling them what to preach. Oh, you think I've committed an abomination? Eh? Oh, pastor, let the Holy Ghost talk to them. No, 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 but the Holy Ghost has put a pastor here through the presiding bishop. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So, you must understand this thing. I, told, I remember one of the days I told all the pastors, I said, for the meantime, you may not be getting too many times chance on the pulpit to preach. Why? I said, they didn't ask that. I'm just saying, why? It's, it's for a reason. Look, we are at a very serious state of a warfare. Are you understand what, what I'm saying? So, at a certain stage, so some of you, oh, why, why is he not allowing these pastors to preach? No, no, it's not like they can't preach. They can preach. But at a certain stage, we are fighting some things. You don't even understand it. 
Am I talking to somebody here? Yeah. Some of the times, at this stage, sometimes I even, and, and the choir, I've started by sometimes telling them, sing this song. The, she- the sheep does not lead the shepherd. It is the shepherd that leads the sheep. That is one of the ways to get growth. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? If you're here with me, say a big amen. So, small groups, cells, must be entrenched in the church. And in a few, in a, some few weeks to come, we'll be talking more about cells. But we must entrench cells in the church. Your department, let your department be like a cell. You must know everybody. You must support everybody. You must call your people. You are a departmental leader. After this meeting, members didn't come. This one didn't come. This one didn't come. And you don't call anybody. You, you don't understand what you are doing as a leader. By now, you should know in your head who and who is not here. You should be wondering, you should be trying to call them by now. That why, why were you not here? You should be calling them because we must begin to think small groups. You can't expect that the resident pastor should be calling. Eh, yeah, why didn't you come? Mansa, why didn't you come? Akosia, why didn't you come? Latele, Baba. No. You are the leader. You must check it. And you may not even be the leader in the department. But as a member of the department, you must take responsibility and ask somebody, why were you not here? Am I making some sense here? Alright. And then, teach people how to lead others to Christ. So, we'll be teaching, and that's what we'll be doing on Sunday. We'll be teaching people how to lead others to Christ. Evangelistic activity must be more in the church. It must be in the DNA of every church that will grow. I was surprised. Papa Adiboye, he's 70. Is it 76 or 77? One of them. He still goes for evangelism. He gathers one of the largest congregations the world ever sees. In his monthly all night, he gathers up to a million, one million people. And he still goes out for evangelism. The man with the largest church in the world, Bishop David Oyedepo. Huh? He's building a hundred and ten or hundred and twenty thousand seat auditorium as we speak now. His congregation has now gone beyond five hundred. There are about six hundred thousand people on Sundays. Every week he goes out for evangelism. He said, Oh, yeah, evangelism or feature. Oh, feminine. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? Paul was the foremost apostle. Acts chapter 20. He said, I did not stop to preach and to evangelize. Paul was going from house to house, even evangelizing to people. Apostle Paul. Hmm? Apostle James cannot say you evangelize. Eh? Apostle Sally, you can't say you evangelize. No. I can't say I will evangelize. Pastor Jamba, you can't say you evangelize. Huh? Reverend Pani, you can't say, we can't say that. Reverend Jokoto. Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul was evangelizing from house to house. And you, you, believer, church worker, Saturday morning, okay, of me wonu. Me wonu ele famo. Famo me wonu e, but Sandy Onabe, no ke ba fe evangelism le Hello, Jenna. Charlie, we are money or Dubai. In Kajena, hello. 
Omale. Evangelism. Obaya. Alright. And then prepare for growth. We need to prepare for growth. If God gave us, let me ask a very, I want an honest answer. If God gave us 1,000 people by the end of this month, do you think we can handle them? How many, let me ask you a question again. If God, by the end of June, he gave us 1,000 people, do you think we can handle them? How many of you think we can't handle them? Let me see your hand. Alright. Put your hands down. How many of you think we can handle them? Let me see your hand. Okay. So, I'm going to ask one of you to tell me why you think we can't handle them. And then one of you to tell me why you think we can handle them. And then we compare. So, who will do the for we can't. Okay. Um, Arakojo. Tell us why we can't handle them. Yeah, because I think we have not put in the right structures. We have not put in the right structures. All right. Who, those who think we can handle them. Can I see your hand? Okay. I don't want a pastor. Um, yes. Let me, let me take the gentleman. Ah, is that Ima? Amen. Okay. Because for with God all things are possible. So he knows the reason why he gave us the members. With so God all things are possible. Yes. Clap for him. That's all. I didn't want to be the same. No, I don't know. Evangelistic ministry. God will do it. But you see, the truth of the matter is that if God give us 1,000 people, now we can't handle them. We can't. And I'll tell you why. We are not prepared. We still have majority of our, department, our departments who are not available for us. We still have few, our leadership, the base of our leadership is even very small. We still don't have enough cell structures to even make sure that if we have 1,000 people, we can, you know, contain all of them and still know what is happening to everybody because even with this number we have, we still can't tell what happens to everybody. Standing here as a pastor, the only person who asks permission not to be here today, the only leader who asks permission not to be here today is Vida. Because she's going for a wedding. Some two dead. All right. Okay, six people here. All right. Now, so the question is if God gave us a thousand people, are they just coming to just attend our services? Oh, hallelujah. Then they go home. Or they are people we can contain, we can. Teach them to serve God and things like that. We need to build structures. We need to build capacity. Are you, are you getting what I'm talking about? And it is not like, oh, when they come, we will find a way. That is a sign that you are not prepared. I, I hope you understand what I'm talking about. Like Ghana, when the COVID came, then we now decided to build infectious... Huh? This is center, the one that um, 
um, the people, the private people put their money together and build out Hollywood or something like that. Yeah. At that time, the COVID had killed a lot of relatives, you know, people already. Yeah. That's why. So that shows that. And we always thank God in Ghana that what happened in UK, Brazil, and places did not happen here. Why? Because at the point when the COVID started, the whole of the nation, the ventilators we have was not up to 25. The whole Ghana, ventilators. <laughs> was not up to 25. So, we are not prepared. Are, are you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's not prepared. So, in the same way, if we say we want growth, then we must prepare. So, what we are doing is part of the preparation. At least now you know that when we close from church, I can't be in a hurry to go home. I have the responsibility towards others. At least you know that. Is that correct? At least now you know that when I close from church, I need to meet new people. I need to do A, B, C, D. So, we are coming. But the next step is that if you can talk to 10 people in a day with this current number we have, we are averaging, maybe we are close to 500 or thereabouts. But if we decide that, well, at this stage, I can talk to five people or ten people a day. And we don't increase our base. So you can do that. But you've not taught and trained and brought in other people to do the same. And then suddenly we become a thousand. So it means that now on Sundays you have to talk to about 20 people or 25 people. How are you going to do that? Because even now, there are people who don't come to church and we don't even know that they didn't come to church. Is it true? Some time ago, I don't know if you noticed, I did, so, I did something for two weeks. I asked, how many of you were here last Sunday? How many of you remember I did that? And almost all the time, I had more than almost 40% of the people who were not in church the previous week. Ooh. And we didn't even notice that these people did not come to church. And even if we noticed, we did nothing about it. So our church service is like free for all. We can't run a church like that. Am I talking to somebody here? It's getting serious. Am I talking to somebody here? Yeah. We can't run a church like that. So some people, by the time we even go to look for them, they probably have even joined another church. I was told of a certain sister who had gone to join one of these Saturday movements. You, you, you told me, right? Yeah. Last week she came. Yeah. Because I tried, you know, then the last time, was it last week or so, I went to the house. I said, I hear this is, this is oh, Bishop, you cannot, you can't do that. I didn't go with any doctrine. I didn't want to understand anything. I said, no, tomorrow morning, I want to see you in church. He said, Bishop, I hear I'll come. When we came in the morning, I was up there, and I, saw, I was going to go to her house again, on Sunday morning, then I saw Moses. Moses is always my partner. I said, Moses, own a sister in your corner, i here. like a woman. She had to follow up and come. Moses, tomorrow morning, you have to go again. Yeah. So, how, so how many other Sisters or brothers like that, haven't we noticed that they are not coming? I hope you understand what I'm talking about. So we want growth, but we are not ready. We are not ready. Even now, 
that brother, that sister, you've never called them. When they come, when new people come, when new people come, by now, somebody should be saying that, Bishop, this calling of new people, please put it aside. Leave us to do it. But sometimes you are even afraid to leave them to do it because they will do one day, they won't do the next one. <laughs> are you getting what I'm talking about? There are people in your department who have not been coming for the past three months. You've never called them. There are people who may be elders who are something in the church and for two years, you've not seen them. But listen, we are going to go after everybody one by one. That is a sign that, Lord, we are ready for more. Amen? I said, can I hear somebody say amen? Yeah. And then we have to teach people to give. People must give. You must give. You must give. If we are going to grow, you must give because there are things we need to do. The part on preparation, I didn't talk about, but you must prepare. It is in a book. You must prepare your auditorium for growth. You must prepare your compound for growth. We still have a lot of work to do. We must prepare for growth. Hmm? Yeah. We bought a generator. We were doing this. We are doing that. And there are still more things to do. Have you noticed that when we close from church, in the, between the first and second service, I can't go up. Somebody say, oh, Bishop, it is a strategy. You see where the office is? If I go up, how many people can come there? How many people? Imagine me telling Mama, eh? And give you say, Oh, Ma. I know. What do you mean, Ma? Imagine me telling Mama, Mama says, Bishop, meet your man up. Go. Call, call. Hear what I'm Are you understand what I'm saying? So, when we close, I have to be hanging around, talking to people. You know, you think it's a strategy. After first service preaching, my brother, I have to still be doing it. You know, talking to them, pray for this person. Some of the things they are telling you, you need to pay attention. Look at them, give them attention and listen to them, but I can't do so. Then whilst we are talking, somebody will pass, oh bishop. Okay, then continue. Uh, uh, so then so oh bishop. Come and see me later. Father, in the name of Jesus. Jesus' name. Amen. No. Sometimes even the new converts, the new converts we get, where do we, where do we receive them? We don't even have a place of receiving them. So we need money to do a lot of the things in the church. We need to build something and have some halls again so that we can have a decent place to train people as new converts. We need a place like that. We need a place. Our children are now becoming more. And sometimes when you go, there is an overflow. Children's services overflow. Like University of Ghana lectures. Lecture halls. <laughs> eh? Yes. Social science and political science department. It's like a crusade. Always there's an overflow. Eh? Yeah, but we can do that. We can only do if we all contribute money. If we add money. Oh, some of the buildings that I'm looking at, we could even make people offer. And build them something and take over something and do something to glorify something. <laughs> All right, are we blessed? Are we sure we are blessed? All right. Has it been a waste of time? It's been good. So, are we on the path to growth? 
I said, what are we becoming? What are we becoming? Are you sure? I said, what are we becoming? A mega church. Somebody said, we are becoming a mega church. Yeah. It will not be long. We will have a choir that stands there and we have, I'm not talking about the temple choir. We have a, the young choir having about 50 people, 60 people on the stage. Yeah. It will come. It will come. A time is coming. When you walk into this place and you see the way our ushers are looking, you will think that you have just entered moving peak. Yeah. Yeah. You will think that you have entered into some five-star hotel. It is not a hotel. This is a church hotel. This is a mega church, Perez Chapel, Zoeland Hotel Church. Uh, <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. So stand up, let us pray. Stand up, let us pray. Thank you, Jesus. In our next retreat, hopefully, we'll be dealing with the issues of the cell. But even in the department, the issues of cell is going to come up very, very strongly. All right. Lift up your hands, everybody, and thank the Lord for what you've heard. Lift up your hands and thank the Lord for what you have heard this morning. Lift up your hands and thank the Lord. Yes. Can you lift up your voice and thank the Lord? Come on, somebody. Thank him that we are becoming mega. Thank him that we are becoming mega. Thank him. Thank him. Lift up your voice and thank him. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Yes, Jesus. There is none like you. There is none like you. Lord, we thank you. Father, we bless your name. Yes, somebody give him praise. Give him thanks. Glory be to God. Glory, 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 glory. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lift up your hands with me, please. I want us to pray. And I want you to pray for yourself. And ask the Lord. As much as it depends on me. Touch my heart with intense love for you. I need an intense love for God. We know what we can do to make the church grow. But without the love of God, we may know it but not do it. I want you to pray that Lord give me an intense love for you, a passionate affection for the house of the Lord. Lift up your voice and talk to God this morning in the name of Jesus. Lord, a passionate affection for your house in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, open your mouth and talk to God, everybody. Yes, lift up your voice and pray. Are you praying? Close your eyes and pray. Lord, an intense, a passionate affection for your house like never before. A passionate affection, the love of God to shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Lord, we are praying that this morning, Fill us with love for God. Fill us with holy passion. Fill us with holy zeal. In the name of Jesus Christ. That we shall be like David. That because we have an affection for the house of God. 
in the name of Jesus Christ can you please talk to God in just two minutes in the name of Jesus pray to God in just two minutes Lord I pray today give me a passionate desire a passionate heart for your work in the name of Jesus Christ let me not lack in zeal let me not lack in zeal let your people not lack in zeal in the name of Jesus Lord we make ourselves available unto you we are available unto you available for your use available for your work available for your house in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus the Lord I will contribute my part for your kingdom to develop and move forward in the name of Jesus Christ that we shall contribute our part we shall contribute our part Lord in the name of Jesus Christ today we ask of you fill us with a fresh desire in the name of Jesus Christ thank you Father thank you Lord when we close when we close and listen to this before I, cl- I pray for you when we close there are people you've not seen like two weeks last week Sunday you didn't see them Wednesday you didn't see them Friday you didn't see them today you've not seen them look for their number call them it's a sign that you have started is that okay hello are you still here do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. They may not be in your department, but you, you could just remember that I have not seen this person. We will later on have a proper structure of knowing who came and who didn't come. So that every Sunday must be a Sunday for follow-up. But even now, look for them. Call them. Call somebody today before tomorrow and ask the person that tomorrow I must see you in church. Tell the person there is something we have to discuss. When the person comes and asks what is it that we are going to discuss, tell the person I want us to discuss commitment in this church. Yeah, that is a topic to be discussed. Is that okay? Is that okay? Yeah, lift up your hands. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus. Today we came to pray. We came to study your word. To study on how we can help or contribute or work to grow your church it is your church this church does not belong to any human being and you have said that you will build your church Holy Spirit build your church Holy Ghost build your church as the representative of Bishop Ajinasari in this place I hand over the leadership of the, this church to you Holy Spirit take absolute control in the name of Jesus these are your members these are your workers these are people you have called to work in your vineyard in your house today I am asking let the spirit of the love of God enter every heart in the name of Jesus fill your people with a passionate affection for your house a passionate love a passionate love for the things of God fill us fill us with the love of God in the name of Jesus Christ the Lord as much as it would depend on us what you have committed into our hands to do use us to do it use us to work 
Lord, we don't want to just be church workers by name. We want to be workers indeed. Use us to work for you. Let us work for God. Let us work for you. Give us the strength to work for you. Give us the energy to work for you. Give us the anointing to work for you. Give us the heart. Give us the heart. The heart. The heart to work for you. In the name of Jesus. Every hardened heart this morning. I place that heart before you. Melt that heart. Break that heart. And remove that heart. In the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord as we serve you. As we work for the kingdom. Bless everything that concerns us. Let lives change. Let destinies change. But Lord. I make a promise. Together with all those who will. That even if we are not blessed. We will still work for you and serve you. We will still work for you and serve you all the days of our lives. Because you are our king and our savior. We love you because you first love us. Receive glory. Receive the honor. Receive the praise. And receive the adoration. In Jesus name. And let the church say a big amen. Come on, clap like we are becoming mega. Are we becoming mega? What are we becoming? I can't hear you. I said, what are we becoming? We are becoming it. Day by day, we are becoming it. Week by week, we are becoming it. Yeah. If you travel... Uh, if you travel and you stay too long by the time you come back you will not notice your church you will not recognize your church yes you will be asking yourself what a change what a great change uh, because we are becoming a mega church and so shall we become in Jesus name come on clap your hands like a leader and a worker in a mega church